0: The the title of my message this morning is Where Buzzards Fly. (laughs) We in Texas, we know about buzzards, right? I mean, they're everywhere. And like buzzards really know how to do their job. They're like good at it. They're good at what they do. And uh, I want to talk to you about where buzzards fly. And uh, I, I, I forgot to do this in the, first service, so I'm going to spend a little bit more time on it in this service to make up for what I messed up in the previous (laughs) service. Because I had it all planned out and I forgot, (laughs) like I'm old, forgive me. But if we're not careful in our walk with God, whether it be physically, spiritually, Emotionally, financially, the buzzards can start circling if we become weak and almost to the point of death. They can, they can figure that out. Anybody ever have problems financially? I mean, I've been, I've been poor. I mean, like really poor. But I always have paid my tithe. I've always paid my tithe. And God has always brought me through that. And I just want to say this morning that it's important for us to understand that if we're not faithful to God and our finances finances aren't healthy in our covenant relationship with God financially, that... The buzzards will start to fly. Did you know that you can be really wealthy and be really poor at the same time? You can have a lot of money but not have any peace. Personally, I'd rather have a lot of peace than a lot of money. Because you can't buy peace. It's like American Express. You you don't leave home without it. (laughs) It's priceless. So that's my... And we got little little boxes out there you can pay your tithe in. But stay healthy financially. Amen? Uh, don't, don't give a tip to God. Give your tithe to God. The whole tithe. Okay, that's what I didn't say to the first service. But y'all got both barrels. So in California the lieutenant governor was out jogging with his dog. And a coyote came and jumped him and attacked his dog at the same time. And the lieutenant governor was going to to defend himself, but then he thought about Bambi. And he decided that that coyote was there before he was and that the coyote had a right to be where he was. So he didn't do anything. he didn't defend himself. wind up the dog got killed and the the, the lieutenant governor got bit and uh, so they they uh called the the veterinarian and uh he came and they come and picked up the dog and charged charged the state fifteen hundred dollars to take care of the dog and then he went to the hospital and the hospital bill was thirty five hundred dollars they charged the the state of California, thirty-five hundred dollars, and they decided they would have a, a a investigation. So they had to shut down the the, the jogging trail to conduct a, uh, a study on on coyote inhabitants, and uh, that cost them another million and a half dollars. And then uh, they relocated. They caught the coyote and they relocated the coyote to another another place, and that cost him another $15,000. And then they, they uh, had to fire the security guard for the lieutenant governor, and that cost him another $150,000 $150, because they had to, to give him training on how to conduct uh, attacks from coyotes and different uh, animals. And, it, and, and then, um, well, that was that. Now, the lieutenant governor of Texas, he was jogging, and he had his dog with him. <laughs> and a, a coyote come out of the woods, and he started to jump on the dog. And the coyote, the, 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 the lieutenant governor pulled out a state-supplied 380 uh, pistol with a, a 380 hollow hollow-point bullet in it, and, and he shot the coyote and kept jogging. <laughs> Well, it cost the state of Texas 50 cents for the bullet. And the vultures came and ate the coyote. And that, and that, my friend, is why California is broke and and Texas is not. (laughs) (laughs) Buzzards have a purpose. Wizards always seem to hover over dead things. And in the, New, in the Old Testament, Genesis chapter 15, if you want to turn to it, it is a moment in time that, that almost becomes frozen as one of the most significant encounters that God makes with mankind. And in Genesis chapter 15, God presents a covenant to Abraham as a representative of mankind. And they cut covenant together. And if you have your Bibles in Genesis chapter 15, um, I'm going to begin to read at the sixth verse. And he, he meaning Abraham, believed in the Lord. Abraham believed. It's one thing to say you believe. It's another thing to really believe. Oh, I believe in God. Well, do you really, really? Abraham believed in the Lord, and he, meaning God, accounted it to him as righteousness because Abraham believed God. And that's just a good question for everybody. Do you really believe God? Or when you read the Bible, God's word, do you go, "Hmm, mm, I don't know about that. Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans and gave you this land to inherit it. And, and he said, Lord, how, Lord God, how shall I know, Abraham, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he, God, said, Bring he said to him, Bring me three. A three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, and turtle dove, and young pigeon. Then he brought all of these to him, and he cut them in two down the middle, and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. So here we have, get the picture. You got, you got, you got a, a three-year-old heifer, a goat, a ram, turtle dove, and a, and a young pigeon. Cut them in half, except the birds. And he laid them out as a covenant for God. Each piece. Now, what this did, this, this began a moment of significant Commitment to covenant. So what happened was, and this this began. And this was this was this was uh, also something that everybody from that point in time practiced as a covenant that they would walk in between the two pieces of the heifer and the two pieces of the goat, and they would. As they walked, they would say, may the same thing that happened to this heifer, the same thing that happened to this goat, happen to me if I don't fulfill my side of this covenant. Now, fast forward. 2021. Do we still have covenants? Anybody ever sign anything? Marriage is a covenant. I do. Do you take? you to be your lawfully wedded wife for better for worse till you ride the big black horse. You see <laughs> it's not it's not how long will you have this woman right, to be your wedded wife. It's in sickness and in health for richer or for poorer till Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Till death do us. It's a covenant. And you say, well, preacher, I already messed that up. Well, if you mess the last one up, don't mess the next one up. (laughs) Don't live in the regret of your past. But fix the problem. Because there was a problem. We in America make it too easy to get out of marriage. Some of you husbands and wives that's having trouble right now, there's a healer in the house today for your marriage but you got to make up your mind and it takes both y'all to make up your mind. Yeah, she does have problems, but you got problems too. We all got problems. Hey, you don't want me hanging out here. I can move on, but y'all going to have to help. Listen, we're cutting covenant this morning. And if you're if the buzzers, are circling your marriage. You're gonna to have to be the one to run them off. It's your responsibility to run off the buzzards if your marriage is weak. Did you know that buzzards will I don't know if I said that in this service, but did you know that buzz where does where do buzzards hang out? They hang out with dead things. But they also hang out with weak things. My Daughter and son-in-law have a Hereford ranch, and they have uh, dogs, okay? Great Pyrenees dogs that run off the buzzards because a buzzard, when a when a baby calf is born, a buzzard will come and peck the eyes out of that baby calf. So they got dogs to protect them. What do you have to protect you in your marriage? What do you have to protect you with your finances? What do you have to protect you with your emotional well-being? What do you have to protect you with your physical uh, your 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 life? What what do you what do you have? Are you are you are you kind of tired of the buzzard stealing things from you? You come to the right place today, <clears throat> Jeremiah. And did I read Genesis 15 to you? Yeah, okay. Not yet? Did I or didn't I? Yeah. Somebody said yeah, and some said no, Were you on the phone or what? <laughs> did I read it or not? Yeah. Did I? Did I read it? Yes or no. Yes. Okay <laughs> <laughs> Did I read it? Did I read the part where it says, and when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away? Okay. That's the part that I, that's the only part I remember now. That's the only part I didn't read. I am old, okay? I've always had a poor memory, but now I have an excuse. By the way, the vultures are always trying to steal our covenant relationship with God. When Abraham started getting the vultures away from the sacrifice, it reminds us that there will always be an enemy that tries to, to, to dilute the sacrifice that God has provided and that we've provided to God because you see, it takes two to have a covenant. God didn't have this covenant just for himself. He had this covenant with Abraham. In order to have a true covenant, there has to be two individuals involved. By the way, in the morning, when Abraham had to get all these animals together, he had to go rope that three-year-old heifer. (laughs) The goat... Put all, and then it says that God didn't show up till the afternoon, the evening. And the whole message behind that is, what are you doing while you're waiting for an answer from God? What do you practice? How do you spend your time in the things that you ask God for until you get your answer from God for what you want? What are you doing in the meantime while you wait? The Bible says in, says in patience possess your soul. With patience possess your soul. What that means is that, that, Is there anybody here that's impatient? What about the rest of (laughs) y'all? My name's Randy Weaver. Man, I have a hard time waiting. I have a hard time with patience. I'm not, I wouldn't, I don't think people would say, oh, that Randy Weaver, hmm, he's just a patient man. I don't think they would say that. But it says, impatience possess your soul. In other words, it's not... Just waiting on God is how you wait on God. You see, it's the process of waiting and embracing the process because the destination of your request to God will always happen in God's time, in God's way. But how do you take it while you're waiting? Are you waiting impatiently? (laughs) You might as well be patient because it's going to take the same amount of time for the answer to come. That was free. It wasn't even in my sermon. Psalm 25, verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. The secret of the Lord is with those who respect him, those who spend time with God, those who know God, it's that secret. Have you ever spent time with God and spent so much time with God that you realized you needed to spend more time with God because you didn't know near as much as you thought you knew? That's the way I feel all the time. It's like the more I get to know God, the more I realize I need to know God better. (laughs) Psalm 25, 14, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. So there it is, the secret God wants to reveal is his covenant to those who are willing to enter into covenant with him. At the outset of this message, I want to say to you that the thing God most wants to show us is the thing hell most wants. Wants to prevent us from understanding. The devil doesn't want you here today, number one. He doesn't want you understanding the power of a covenant with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He doesn't want you to understand the covenant relationship that God wants to have with you. When you realize that God himself values you enough to have a personal relationship with you, then all of a sudden your perspective of God will completely change for God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm talking about a covenant relationship with God this morning. A covenant is a relation is a is a religious and a legal term that we really don't understand, but if you grasp it, it will bless you. It's an agreement. Psalm 91 says he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide, shall shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Whoever dwells, where do you hang out? If you hang out in the secret place of the Most High, you shall abide under the shadows of His wings. He that dwelleth in the secret place as understands the covenant relationship with Him, it's a secret place that is hidden from many Christians. Not all Christians spend the time in that secret place of the Most High. Thus, if we don't know God, the vultures begin to circle because we are not healthy in our relationship with God. We have a minimal understanding of the immense power of God. That's where faith in believing in God steps into the picture. John 14, as a covenant, he said, if that were not so, I would have told you that I am going to to prepare a place for you and I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. This is God's covenant with His church. He wants us to be with him. So that where I am there, you may be also. This is God's covenant with him. Now, here's the thing. Everybody say I am the church. church. It's so true, isn't it? This building is not the church. You're watching online today. You are the church. Individual, we are walking individuals. We are the church. I am the church. And as I walk... It's imperative that I be healthy in my walk with God and in my covenant relationship with God so that I won't be so weak that the buzzers begin to circle over me. General William Nelson, he he was a Union soldier in, in the Civil War. No, he faced death every day in his battles. He never prepared for his own death. Who knows what he was thinking as he rode into battle? Maybe he was too busy staying alive to prepare for death. All that changed. However, one day he was relaxing at his house with his men and a brawl broke out and he, he got shot in the chest. Knowing he was dying, he had only one request call the preacher, call the clergy, is what he said. What happened? Why the urgency now? Did the general suddenly learn something about God that he didn't know before? No, he didn't. But he did learn something about himself at that moment. He realized that death was near and that death was inevitable, something he had not thought about before. Suddenly, only one thing really mattered. Why hadn't it mattered before? Couldn't he have said yes to God a week ago, a year ago, ten years ago? Absolutely. But why didn't he? Why Why was the salvation of his soul so urgent after the shot and so optional before the shot? Why had he postponed the decision to accept Christ? And wait till his deathbed. Why? Because he assumed. That he had time. He never saw the vultures. They were circling. He just didn't see them. A dangerous assumption. In Psalm 90 verse 12. It says. Teach us to number our days. That we may gain a heart of wisdom. How many here this morning. Would like to have just a little bit more wisdom in your life like who wouldn't want some of that but wisdom is like drinking water because the more wisdom you get the more you realize I need more wisdom (laughs) knowledge is the same way when you get more knowledge about who God is then you're like "Mm, I need more knowledge it's like drinking water you never get enough of it and the more you get the more you want You see, the eternal things, the investment of the eternal things have to be the most powerful things that we seek after, whether we're shot in the chest or not. Right. Salvation's available for everybody, but we all must come into that covenant, make that choice to have that covenant, uh, to move upon it. You see, I could think of three roadblocks to understanding the secret of the Lord, things that inhibit us from knowledge and understanding, things that invite the buzzards into our lives. One of those things is lethargy. Another thing is humanity. Another thing is is the vultures, just actual vultures. Lethargy, you know what that is, right? Right? And I don't know how to say this nice, so I just have to go ahead and say it. Lethargy is being lazy about God's things. Oh, you say, well, I'm not a lazy person. Well, let me, say, let me just let me say this. there's a lot of workaholics out there that are pretty lazy Christians. There's a lot of people out there that work real hard, but they don't work hard on the eternal things. They just work hard. The wood, hay, and stuff of the things that can be burned in the fire, they're really working hard at things that don't really matter, just kind of like the general. But when all of a sudden you, he got shot in the chest, oh, oh, oh. But see, if we're not careful, we don't value this covenant relationship that we have with God, saying, God, No matter what it takes in my life, I'm going to make this investment of my time, my talent, my treasure, everything that I have, I commit to you, and I am not my own. No longer do I belong to myself, but I belong to you. All my possessions, everything I am, everything I hope to be, because you gave everything, I choose to give everything, and I will hold my end of this covenant up to the best of my ability. What is it about the American church today that has grown lazy with our time and our talent and our treasure? Because we've been so consumed with what happens out in the world that we begin to serve the world better than we serve God. That's challenging. Humanity. Well, that's a big one there humanity. Anytime humanity gets involved, there will always be a convolution of the truth. Inevitably, compromise of the truth will become diluted with man's reasoning. I want you to know we've got a whole big pile of fertilizer out there in the pasture. When you drove up today, if you come through, you drove right past it, and and more—it's more cow poop than any anything. But it's great fertilizer, and if you need some, you can come and pick up whatever you need for your garden or whatever. It's free. But if I would go out there and I get a glass of water, and I would. I mean, pure drinking water, and I would put just a little bit of that cow poop in there. Would you drink that cow poop? Well, no. Why? Because it has become diluted and it's no longer just water. There's pure water in there, but it's also diluted. You see what humanity does, it dilutes the truth. And if we're not careful, we will drink poopy water. This is Cowboy Church, and I can talk like that. We'll start drinking poopy water, and we'll go, mmm. That wasn't bad. And you see, the more we drink, the more we want, because it's like, and we have become with the with the world. With our belief system. Because we don't know the word of God. And so we don't know the truth of God. And out there. I promise you. God help me. And I prayed this prayer. And I I, I didn't say this in the first service. But I prayed this prayer a couple years ago. God challenged me to pray this prayer. To ask him. What. Deception. Have I bought into. This morning, I feel challenged to challenge you to pray that prayer. Only brave people will pray that prayer. Because, you see, if you've bought into deception, you're deceived. And if you're deceived, you don't really know you're deceived because you're deceived. So what deception? You see, we need that revelation of the covenant relationship with God and the revelation of the true word of God that has not become diluted. I guarantee you, you can't live in this world without getting diluted. But I'm talking about vultures that circle did I show you the video of the, the vultures? Oh, okay. Y'all up there in, a, in a, we're going to show these pictures of the vultures. When we went into our hot air balloon, uh, they they showed you the pictures. This is a picture of me and Darla standing inside of the balloon before we left the ground. Here we are. This is that was so much fun. And here's the video. Look at all the buzzards. That's the hot air. <laughs> uh, you gotta love that. Wonder why the why the buzzards hang around that church. Wonder if it's a dead church. Oh shit like that. What is that it was? Yeah. It must be a dead church if the buzzards are hanging out over there. (laughs) Is that safe zone? You know what that guy told me? He said they're always in that tree. They're always hanging out at the church. And my heart skipped a beat because I know there, uh, the, 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 in, in America today, today, many, many churches are on their last leg and they're dying. They got just, just three or four people in there and the buzzers are circling. God, help us to wake up and to be alive. And may we never get to that place where the buzzers start to circle. The church. Well, you got l- lethargy, lazy. Then you have humanity that comes in that invites the bu- buzzards to come. Then, then you, you, then you have the actual buzzards themselves. And I loved what Abraham did here. It says, "It says, and when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away." Ha, ha, ha. And so God accepted this sacrifice. The Bible says that in the evening that God came and it was, and it was like an a oven, and a, and a torch came around the sacrifices, and and it was God's acceptance of the covenant that He made with Abraham, that He would bless him and that He would be the father of many nations. And this was this was a covenant that was supplied for the children of Israel, and and that He would be. He would be their God and that they would be his people. And you all read the scriptures where many times throughout that old testament, Israel messed up. A lot. God never stopped the covenant that he made just because the people messed up. God is going to do his part. To supply you with everything you need in order to do your part of the covenant, but you must be willing to do something. My dad used to say something. He said, Do something. I don't even care if it's wrong. Just get up and do something. (laughs) Move. We all know down here in Texas that birds come after dead meat. Nothing new about that. The spiritual is the birds in the scripture represents the forces of evil that try to keep us from understanding spiritual truths. Or from letting that truth grow inside of us. The vultures are always trying to steal from us when we were... Uh, when Darla and I first got married, she, she left her parents' home, really a nice home, in Rockdale, Texas, and moved to, to Colorado with me to live in a 22-foot camper trailer. That was like, and it got really little. We're living in this camper, and we're newly married, and... Back when I had hair, (laughs) I left my brush on the sink in the bathroom, and it disappeared. And I said, "Darling, did you get my brush, my hairbrush?" She's like, "No, I I didn't get it." I said, "Well, I I can't find it anywhere. I put some money in there. I had some money laying on the counter. Next thing I know, the money's gone, (laughs) darling." That was—I mean, like, I figured she needed money. I said, did you take that money? No, I didn't take that money. And we found things that were missing. I mean, and it was like, what's going on here? And we looked under, there was two, two single beds on each side of that camper trailer. And I looked up underneath there and I found a a rat's nest. And that was all, had my, my hairbrush and my money and all, and, and, uh. So I put rat poisoning out. And I looked in there in a couple of days, and that rat poisoning was in his nest. And it was like, <laughs> nanny, nanny, boo-boo. You, this is my home. I moved in here. I live here. And I get whatever I want. And what he wanted was he was stealing from me. It was a pack rat. And he was stealing from me and Darla. We didn't want him there, but we didn't really know what to do about it because we uh, we thought that the rat poison. So we decided we didn't have any cats, and so our neighbor had a couple young cats, and uh, so we went and got. And there was there was there was vents down through there on the all all through the sides, and and a lot of it was concealed, and so. We, in, in the dirty clothes hamper, you could put a cat in there. So I got that, got that, got them cats and I put both them cats in there. And they had, we had doors going out the, the both sides of the camper trailer. And I thought maybe that rat will leave on his own. Why? No, he's not going to leave. Some of y'all thinking your stuff isn't any good and the vultures are circling you because something bad is happening inside of you, and you're thinking, well, it'll go away sooner or later. Uh Uh-uh. You got to get something stronger than you. You got to get something that was bred to kill a rat and cats. That's why they exist, kill rats. It's the only reason they exist. So we get these cats, we put them in there, and, and we're thinking, get them, get them, get them. We didn't know what else to do. And Darla, she was, she was she, we had a little blue healer dog. She had a dog when we got married, and, and she, had a, she had a cushion in front of her, and she had that dog, and she was sitting up there hoping that rat didn't attack her. <laughs> the next thing I know, one of the cats ran out that, one of them doors and was going back to the house. I ain't got time for that. But one of them stayed. And the next thing I know, we're looking everywhere, and we got to go on. We got to go back out on the road. We was was doing church services at the rodeos for the cowboys, and we had to get back out on the road. And we didn't want to leave the rat in the camper trailer while we were gone because we didn't know what would happen. So we decided that we would declare war on this rat. We got this cat. And we looked and looked. This whole camper trailer was just, it was, it was shambles. It was cushions off the, everything bad. Couldn't find him anywhere. And, and so Dara, she's like, I don't know. And she picked up the, 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 the grill on the, on the stove. And, and there was that rat sitting there. And she said, get the cat. And I'm like, and the cat wasn't coming. Finally, I found the cat. I grabbed the cat, and I, and I didn't know what to do with him. And, and I set him up on the counter. And here's this rat. And he's just like, get out of my house. And here's this cat. And the cat was stupid, he wasn't doing nothing. He was just standing there. And I'm like, what are we going to do now? And that rat leaped off of that stove. And in midair, that cat had a revelation (laughs) of why he existed. And in midair, everything that he was born and bred and created to do, it all came inside of him. And he... Caught that rat in midair. And I was so proud of that cat. That rat was bleeding all over the camper. I didn't care. We got him out of the camper. He went up under the camper, and he was chewing on that rat. And when he started chewing on that rat, you know what happened? The other cat shows up, and I'm like, you get out of here. That's his rat. People always trying to come and take what you worked so hard for. It's about time somebody bowed up and understood that this sacrifice business is serious business. And this covenant relationship is serious business. And we're going to have to fight for it. But the first thing you got to do is get the rat out of your life. Get him out. He'll steal from you. He'll take from you. And the vultures will always encourage it because they love they love it when things begin to die. Yeah. The only thing that needs to die is our will. Oh, that's right. What needs to live, Paul said it this way He says, He said, It is no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that we live, we live by the grace of God who gave his life for us so that we could have eternal life. When I woke up this morning, I need to quit. But when, we woke up this, when I woke up this morning, I was contemplating this service and, and thinking about it. And I realized that the very thing that I couldn't do when it came to my relationship with God, God did for me. When it came to killing that rat, I didn't have what it took. But I didn't need to have what it took because God provided. And God will provide anything you need to kill the sin in your life. The thing that so easily drags you down. The thing that brings, it, it can bring death should you not choose to confront it and declare war on it. Many times the problem with sin is not that we don't recognize it. It's that we like it instead of hating it. You get the point when you hate the sin in your own life. You're going to do something about it. When you realize the covenant relationship that God made with you, the things that you couldn't do for yourself, God did for you. You know that this relationship, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. There has to be recompense. There has to be reconciliation. When there's a transgression, there has to be a substitute or something that reconciles our sin with the goodness of God. And so God says that in In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God looked down and he saw that this covenant relationship that he made for us that the world tries to keep stealing from us. And they try to take the blood of Jesus out of their messages. They try to take the blood out of it in the covenant relationship that you can just kind of wander around behind the little animals and do whatever you so want to do. Let me tell you something. God is a covenant making God and he wants his people to be serious, not to live in laziness or lethargy. He wants people to rise up and not to be deluded with the humanity of this world and not to allow the buzzers, that you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can sure keep them from building a nest in your hair. Right. So the Bible says that Jesus, that God sent his only begotten son because the blood of lambs and the blood of, of, of cows didn't provide what we needed because he knew that we were weak in so many ways. So he gave his life so that we could have eternal life. And the more we know about God, the more we know about God's love, the more we want to know about God. And the more we want to know about God's love because we, it's so incomprehensible. <sighs> There's a guy named Stephen Carter that was a, photo- a photographer, excuse me, and he, uh, in 1993, during the famine in Sudan, he went to Sudan to, to photograph the famine. And he took a picture. And I, it's such a graphic, hard picture to look at that I even contemplated not looking at it and not bringing it up today to you. But it is so relevant to what we're talking about today that I felt like I would be amiss not to show you this picture. He won the, I forget the, the award, uh, what all photographers try to, it, he won the biggest award you could win for photography with this picture. And uh, I want to show it to you now. If that's not the saddest picture you've ever seen in your life, I don't know what would be. It's a picture of a little girl that is on her way to a place where they have food and supplies for her to, to get sustenance. But obviously, she is so weak that the vulture was waiting for her to die. So the photographer took this picture and the story goes that he waited for he got his camera all set up and he waited for 20 minutes with this vulture there you, you know vultures are patient, right? You all with me? They'll wait on you The photographer was waiting for that vulture to spread his wings because he thought that it would be a better picture Obviously it never happened You, you, can, you can take the picture down. The photographer, a year later, hooked a hose up to his tailpipe and run it into his car and committed suicide. People were so Hard on the photographer because they said, Why didn't he pick up the little girl and take her to the place? Why didn't why didn't he do something? And and people were outraged at this photographer. He had been told not to touch anybody because there was disease there. Aren't you glad that Jesus touched you when you had some disease inside of you? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't just walk away from you or just take a picture of you just because Because we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. We've all all been there. But when we come to grips with death, and we come to grips with life, and we come to grips with the process of following Christ, we must understand that there is a healer in the house. We must understand that this process of having a covenant with God is the most important process that we will ever grasp a hold of. I would say this and this is this is just my conclusion. The photographer. Think about him for a minute. You couldn't see he didn't look like this little girl. But I would say spiritually he was just He was in just as big a famine as the little girl was. His problems were just as paramount as the little girl. Because many times we don't see what's going on on the inside of people. We can look on the outside, but we don't really know what's going on on the inside of people. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance, but God sees on the heart. God is interested in what's going on on the inside of you. And he wants you to be healthy on the inside because you can die a healthy person physically. But still be healthy in a famine spiritually. And then here's the challenge. This covenant business, we got we to gotta take care of our business. That's what Jesus said. He said, I must be about my father's business. And we as individuals have to assume responsibility for those who are weak spiritually to help them to know God, but to protect them and get them into a place of help. The the vultures, they'll always try to pick on the weak ones, the ones who are dying, and the little babies. Baby Christians, if you haven't known the Lord a long time, my challenge to you is, Don't get out there by yourself in that world and let the vultures have you. Stay with people who help you beat off the vultures. There's a lot of vultures out there that want to take you down, and you can hang out with them, but they'll take you away from God. And spiritually, you might be really healthy physically, but you might be dead spiritually because the vultures have already got a hold of you. You're the only one because it's between you and God. It's your covenant with God. Abraham beat off the vultures and God showed up. Where buzzards fly. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for helping us. Help us to be faithful. My goodness. I thank you, Lord, that your word is living and powerful. Lord, may the images that we've seen today help us to understand that power comes from you and from our covenant with you, and that you've provided everything that we need, that you loved us so much that you gave your son so that we could have the power to beat off the vultures in our lives. I love you, Jesus. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him. The Bible says that we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. I mean, the, the truth is, is that we have all messed up. But in that covenant relationship with God, It's, he's not here to beat us up. He's here to save us. And we all make mistakes, but when we run back to him, we're renewing that covenant relationship with him on a day-to-day basis. So this this morning, if you've never accepted him, maybe if you haven't, you just haven't been living for him, simply by raising your hand, say, Preacher, I need God in my life. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. And I, I just I just need God in my life. Slip your hand up. We want to put a Bible in your hand. Preacher, that's me. I need to, I need Jesus. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. Anybody? Yep, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Anybody else? I don't want to miss anybody. Yeah, thank you, sweetie. Right, bless your heart, girl. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. If you raise your hand, I would like to ask you to look up at me, please. Look up at me. Would you mind coming up and let me pray with you back in the back and up here in the front? Come on up and let me pray with you. I'm so proud of you. Bless your heart, girl. What's your name? Emily. Emily. Thank you so much. I'm proud of you. Back in the back. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, thank you. So proud of you. Bless your hearts. Yeah. I'm going to pray with you in a minute, okay? Bless you, buddy. I'm proud of you. Tell me your name. Taylor what is it Taylor Taylor here's what I want to do I want to pray with you and, and help you pray the Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead see that's the difference Jesus was raised from the dead none of them other guys that's why you ever wonder what the true religion is you ever wonder about that I mean everybody does the I'm going to go with the one who has power over death. That's the big deal. You know, Muhammad didn't do that. Uh, Buddha, he never made it. Jesus did, though. That's why this is what you're doing today. It's, 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 yeah, you can't describe the gift that God has for you. So I'm going to pray with you. And you can just repeat after me, okay? Okay. Just, let's pray. And you all help us pray. Just, just say, dear Lord Jesus, dear Lord Jesus thank, you thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross, for, on the cross. For, my for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, am a sinner. Please, forgive me. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. Invite you into my, heart. Invite, you into my invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So proud of y'all. Thank you, buddy. Listen, listen to me. Okay, listen. Whenever y'all leave here. You're going to have a lot of the same problems that you had when you came, okay? I mean, it's true. I'm not going to try to blow you up with stuff that's not true. But you have some, somebody help you now. I'm telling you, get on your knees, talk to God. just kind of like you talk to other people. Prayer, you don't have to have fancy prayers, okay? Just talk to God. Ask him and, and, and begin to work this and, and, and hang out. With the right people, because the wrong people draws the vultures. Yeah, with me. I'm so proud of you guys. Do do. Go visit this lady over here for just a second. Your friend, bless your buddy. Appreciate you. Stand with me, please. Man, I wish I had hair like that. <laughs> <laughs> be so cool sometimes do y'all ever get kind of overwhelmed with trying to follow Jesus you ever feel that way sometimes it's like man you, you work on one thing and then it, something else kind of kind of like excuse the expression kind of like herding cats I just want to say this. Don't be too rough on yourselves. But understand that this covenant relationship that God is so uh, consumed with, we we ourselves need to be consumed with that as well. And so if you have things in your life that uh, are not godly, declare war and you may not win every battle but if you stay true to God you will win the war yeah so the the point is stay in the battle we weren't leaving till we killed that rat and y'all got to be determined to stay hooked with God and always to run to him and never to run from him. Amen. How many need more help from God? Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. We all need that. I know it. It's a trick question. No. (laughs) Lord, we do need help. We thank you, Lord, for your word today. I thank you, Lord, that your word is life to us. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us with our covenant with our Father. I thank you, Father God, that we've been given access to you. My goodness, what a blessing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have empowered us to live overcoming lives. I thank you, Lord, that we have received power because of the Holy Spirit's indwelling inside of us. Bless your people, O God, and may we always understand that the battle is the Lord's But we also must participate. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Amen. God bless y'all. We love you. Got a prayer team up here if you need special prayer. We'd love to have you. The altars are open if you'd like to come pray. Thank you.